The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. MGPI's purchase of Penelope will likely have massive ripple effects in the whiskey world. If you want to hear about it, then stick around. Before we get going too far, we'd like to thank all of our Patreon members. There's tons of member benefits for you guys if you want to look into it. We have bonus content, special offers, distillery takeovers, which is one of the coolest things we do. Kind of go to the distillery, private tour, taste out of barrels. We have single barrel selections, in-person meetups, monthly virtual bottle shares, massive discounts on merch, and the satisfaction of knowing that you support the channel and its mission. Before we get too far into it, let's do some disclaimers. Uh, First off, you need to know that uh, this episode is mostly about a category of whiskey producers called non-distiller producers. Those are brands that are selling whiskey that are made by other companies. And I am a non-distiller producer with my brands, The Prideful Goat and Unallocated, just like Penelope was. You also need to know that these are my opinions based on my personal experiences as an NDP. So a little bit of backstory. In 1933, a notorious Prohibition-era bootlegger from Canada named Samuel Bonfman paid a $25 million fine to go legal in the United States after Prohibition ended, and he bought what is now Ross and Squibb slash MGPI for his company Seagram's. In the 1990s, his, his son, Edgar Bonfman, bankrupted the company with unwise investments in Hollywood film studios. So. The uh, rumor was that he had a liking for Hollywood actresses and he was buying film studios to get access. Ended up completely destroying the family legacy. Uh, So the company ended up operating under receivership for a while. It was sold to Pernod uh, Ricard in about 2000. Uh, Pernod Ricard sold it to CL Financial Group in 2007, uh, which collapsed in 2008 due to the Great Recession that took place in the United States. And in 2011, the facility was sold to MGP Ingredients, uh, which I believe stands for multi-grain uh, products. So they're like a, a food products company. And they only paid $29 million for the entire facility, uh, including all of its aging uh, barrels of whiskey and all of that. Uh, they were basically commodity brokers who saw the aged whiskey stocks as a cash cow. And they weren't really thinking about it as an equity play. And that's going to play very heavily into our discussion about Penelope. So by 2016, they realized that their commodity of these aged whiskeys uh, was become, becoming so popular that they were going to run out of aged stock. Uh, and many of the NDPs who they had been selling their whiskey to had valuations that were well above $100 million. And keep in mind, NDP... Uh, bought the entire business for $29 million just seven years earlier. Um, So it was in 2016 that they decided, hey, we need to get in on this equity play. And so they bought the brands Remus and Rossville Union and started to launch a number of their own brands like Eight and Sands and some other other, uh, SKUs. Um, And that started to change the landscape of their business model and also started to affect what the whiskey world was able to find on shelves. By 2018, their stock had peaked at around $95 per share, and it was up from about $4 per share when they acquired their business in 2011. 
By 2020, the stock was down to $26 per share since the age stock was all sold out and revenue was declining and Wall Street didn't really know how to value the company. Um, so then the question becomes, why buy Penelope for $105 million in cash with $110 million in performance bonuses? And I think it's because MGP realized that cash flowing by selling commodity is cool, but it's not as cool as the equity that they would, would gain by selling that same commodity product in a brand that they owned. And they also realized that brand building is very hard. They could achieve greater profit margins in more markets by purchasing Penelope uh, than they could trying to take market share from Penelope with their own brands. So what does that mean for NDPs that rely on MGP's liquid? MGP will reserve greater and greater amounts of their liquid for their own brands. Uh, NDPs will have to find alternative sources and MGP hopes to pick up the market share from those brands that were previously selling their product in their own brand lines. And that is why it makes sense for them to buy Penelope. Uh, because if they start to cut off the flow of the inventory to the other NDPs and there's still market demand out there for their product, they hope that they'll be able to sell it to them in Penelope, Rossville Union, and Remus and some of their other brands. This means that in a best case scenario, the NDPs will have to change their source and customers will have to decide whether or not they like the new version as much as the old. And in a worst case scenario, some of the NDPs could go out of business. What's the name of one of the best craft whiskeys in the United States? Frey Ranch. What makes Frey Ranch worthy of that high praise? First off, they're one of the nation's only farm-to-glass distilleries. That means they grow everything on site that goes into the whiskey. Before the founders Colby and Ashley Frey even started distilling, they knew they were growing really high-quality grain on the farm and wanted a way to share it with the world. Having a passion for farming and spirits, they thought, what better way to showcase their grains than to make it into whiskey? Virtually every whiskey you've ever heard of, they can't say that. They even malt their own barley on site. If you know anything about malted barley, a key grain in nearly every whiskey recipe, you know that almost no distillery can make that claim. You might be thinking, but I've tried craft whiskey and I don't like it. Most craft distilleries make whiskey on a pot still. This means the more efficient they try to get in their process, the more the grain solids get burned in the pot, which makes the whiskey taste like over-roasted coffee beans. Plus, Pot stills leave in more flavor, compounds, and oils than traditional column still whiskey. All the whiskey you love from Kentucky is made on a column still where the grain solids never come in contact with the heat source. Frey Ranch had one of the world's first Vendome systems built that does the first distillation run on a column still, but does the finishing run on a pot still. This gives them the control of a pot still without the overwhelming flavors. This is why Frey Ranch is bolder than most, but with none of the off-putting flavors you might have experienced in the past with other craft whiskeys. They have no whiskey less than four years old, with most of the products at five plus years. That is a lot of age for the wild temperature swings that you see in Nevada versus the mild change that they have in Kentucky. If you want to experience well-made, bold craft whiskey with a legacy as American as apple pie, go to the description and click the link. Please use the link so they know that we sent you. When you click the link, you're going to see that they're available to ship in 30 plus states. They're also available in stores and bars near you in Nevada, California, Arizona, Ohio, and Georgia. And the best of all, they're coming to stores in Texas very soon. Cheers. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. 
To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. So is all hope lost? Well, when you look at the landscape of commodity brokers that are selling whiskey to um, non-distiller producers, you've got Bardstown Bourbon Company, you've got uh, Castle and Key, and for a while, Dickel was a pretty big player, um, and you had MGP. And all of those those companies are all on the same path that MGP is, and that is they're, they're, they were creating success for themselves in the beginning by helping other NDPs build their brands, but they're building their own brands at the exact same time and taking over larger and larger percentages of their production capacity for their own brands, choking out the brands that help them get their start. Uh, so from that perspective, it looks pretty bleak for NDPs like me and the Prideful Goat. Uh, but there was a time period where MGP stock was falling, and one of the ways that they were trying to make up was they were selling new make barrels to investment groups that were coming in and buying large blocks of barrels from their production capacity. And this is a way for them to make Wall Street happy because they could immediately throw some revenue up on the books and show some profitability. Uh, but we as consumers have no idea how many of these barrels are floating around out there right? Um, because typically one production run would be more than a thousand barrels, which is a lot of whiskey for an NDP, um, the size of the prideful goat. So yes, we are going to see a reduction in the amount of liquid that MGP made that they're going to offer to the public. But what they don't have any control over is the barrels that they've already sold in the past that are sitting in warehouses somewhere. Those barrels are going to have to go to the market at some point because the people that bought those barrels don't even have the licensing to release whiskey. They were just investment groups because you can own barrels um, without being a licensed producer just so long as you don't take possession of them. You have to pay to keep them in a licensed and bonded warehouse, which MGP does for the people who bought these barrels. Um, another potential solution would be uh, when there's a void in the market, someone typically fills it. So uh, the distillery that I'm partnered with uh, for the Prideful Goat, Giant Texas Distillers, is roughly 75% the size of MGP. And they're just getting started to contract distill for other NDPs. So there is a chance that distilleries like uh, Gulf Coast, um, now referred to as Giant Texas Distillers, will be able to fill the void in the market with whiskey that they currently don't have customers for because they just launched this massive production capability and they're starting to build their brands during the very beginning. And so there is a chance that these NDPs are gonna be able to find other sources. Um, if you're an NDP and you're watching this uh, and you need inventory, you can reach out to me through the website and I can get you in contact with the right people uh, to talk with somebody about having some whiskey made at uh, Giant Texas Distillers. Um, and, and then there are some other options out there. So there's a, a organization called um, TDG, which is Tennessee Distilling Group. And I suspect that their business will help uh, fill this void as well. Um, they 
currently don't have any plans to build any of their own brands. They're only making whiskey for other producers. Uh, they don't have a ton of capacity that's available to the public. Um, but if TDG exists and uh, Gulf Coast exists, I suspect that there may be some other distilleries that are going to step in to fill this void. So the only question for you as the consumer is, will you like the new source uh, for your favorite NDP enough to keep buying it? Um, so hopefully that kind of lays out the landscape, what changes you should expect based on the purchase of Penelope. Uh, if this is your first time watching the show, I'd like to thank you for the view and tell you a little bit about our show philosophy. We are all about bringing people together around bourbon. And that's something that is important to us because I lost my brother uh, to suicide in 2014. And in the aftermath and looking at what happened in his life that led to him making that decision, I realized that he was lacking community. And I saw the connective power of bourbon, and I wanted to use it to help bring people together so that they don't feel alone the way that my brother did. And going through that process and looking for forums to help create this community, I saw kind of a negative underside of the online whiskey enthusiast community, and that's the trolls. People that just get on the forums and they crap on everything that everybody says, try to make themselves seem important and big and try to make everybody seem like they, you know, just aren't on their level. And uh, it makes it not very fun. And as a result of that, we've started our own online enthusiast community called Bourbon Real Talk Community. And there is no troll behavior allowed in there. So feel free to join there and interact in a positive manner. We've got something bigger going on in that community than just, um, you know, being a whiskey forum. We are truly a community. We are living our lives together. And, uh, and that's great. And, and we need that to help create that connection. Um, and, and we keep all of the trolls out of there. It, it's important for me um, because as I saw all of those trolls and how they were behaving online, it made me realize that if they can hate you online, uh, there's nothing that keeps me from loving you, even though I don't really know you. Uh, the connection's just online. And that's why we end every show the same way, and that's this. If you woke up this morning and you were unsure whether or not anyone loved you, just know that I love you. And I'll see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk. A whiskey troll is a person who seeks negative attention and uses contrarian attitudes to derail civil discussion in online forums. They communicate in ways they never would face-to-face -face because they're keyboard warriors. Their only goal is to make other people feel inferior. Hey guys, I'm new here. I just got my first Blanton's. And trust me, you probably paid way too much. I don't care much about the Blanton's, but nice <laughs> There's no way that she didn't buy that at secondary, idiot. Oh, I know how you got that bottle. So, are you sick and tired of the whiskey trolls running your fun online? Well, that's why we started Bourbon Real Talk Community. Congratulations. Let me know what you think when you open it up. Hey, welcome to the group. Let me send you over a sample of Blanton's Gold and straight from the barrel. See how you like those. I remember back to my first bottle of Blanton's. It was the birthday to my son, and we enjoy it every year on his birthday. Congrats. So if you're looking to connect with some people online who aren't head over to facebook.com and join Bourbon Real Talk community today.